This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. Now, what does a podcast of a show mean? Well, it means that we put out a live audio-visual show, and then we turn the audio into, well, this podcast that you're listening to right now. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to Growth Decoded, a show that investigates the relationship between the customer experience and business growth. I'm your host, Ernie Santarelli. Uh, In each episode, we take a look at a different topic, a different aspect of the customer experience, or a a different concept that can improve the customer experience, or make it worse. Uh, What we really want to do is understand the concept, what it is, how to use it, why it's important, and then bust the myths or the misconceptions about it so that you can incorporate it into your business in a way that makes your business run smoother, saves you time, improves the customer experience, and then ultimately leads you down the path of continued business growth. Now, today's episode topic is marketing automation, but before we get into that, we have an announcement to make. When we set out on this journey at the beginning of April, we got a plant, uh, a tiny plant that will be the physical objective representation of the growth that we experience together as our understanding of the customer experience grows. As your business grows, the plant grows. Now, this plant is making progress, as you can see here. Look at our little plant go. I mean, grow. I mean, both. Now, Like all things that we aim to connect with, like all the things that we form emotional bonds with, the things that we want to bring closer and understand more, all the things that symbolize, organize, and fascinate, the things that we want to tame and the things that we want to work with, all of these are the things that have names. And today, we give our little plant a name. Introducing Plantasia, the official plant of Growth Decoded. Welcome to the business, Plantasia. May your roots grow deep and your leaves remain green. May you soak up the sun and tell everyone to lighten up like that Cheryl Crow song tells you to. May you photosynthesize like no plant has ever photosynthesized before. May your growth be swift, sustainable, and reflective of the knowledge that we gain throughout the course of this show. May your chloroplasts have a chloroblast and may your chlorophyll be full and not empty. All right, okay, Um, okay, good, good, that was... Definitely not overkill. And now that that's out of the way, back to marketing automation. Marketing automation. On the surface, it seems pretty self-explanatory, right? It's marketing automation. It's automated marketing. But marketing can mean so many different things. So what is marketing automation actually? Well, I looked it up, and here's what we've got. Marketing automation is the use of software and technology to automate repetitive manual marketing activities. Marketing automation providers, at the most basic level, let you schedule out a series of emails in order. Wait a second, a series of emails? This might be a short episode. Marketing automation is just sending automated emails. You get a contact's email address, and then you get a tool to send them some emails, and you've written them out a few days in a row. There's nothing to it, right? There's a newsletter, an offer, maybe even a blog post that you've written. (laughs) Boom, done. (laughs) Voila, marketing automation. Easy peasy. That's it. It's Uh, it's simple. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, what? Oh, hi. Oh, hey. Hi. Jamie. Yeah. I didn't. When did you get here? I didn't even know you were here. I've been here the whole time. You've been here the whole time. I work from here, right here. Oh, yeah. well, um, I feel silly. Hi, what was the problem there? What's going on? Well, um, that's not marketing automation. It's not just sending automated emails. And plants 
um, like Plantasia over here, they know your intent. They know how you feel. They know if you're lying. And I just don't want you to lie to Plantasia like that. Oh, uh, I would never want to lie to, to Plantasia. Um, what if, if that's not marketing automation, then what, what is? Let me tell the audience a little bit okay. about what it is. So during the er, pandemic, I got a, a bunch of plants and I'm taking really good care of them. And, and like I said, they can understand your intent and your feelings and they know whether or not you're wrong. So when it comes to marketing automation, let's take it over here. Automating emails is just the tip of the iceberg. It's all about the touch points your contacts are encountering along the way. Just sending emails sells marketing automation short. Like, well, think about Plantasia. I always am. She needs more than just water. Plant care is not simply pouring some water on top of your plant when it looks thirsty. You need to fertilize, you need to prune, and every plant is different. They're on independent schedules and want individualized things. They want different growing mediums. Some of them need constant attention and some of them will only grow if you do not look at them. Okay, so let's circle back to people. Teach individual people in your, each individual person in your contact list experiences your business differently. And marketing automation has so many different ways to build to respond to those contacts' different actions. For example, there are branching automations, segmentations within automations, automations that are triggered by a wide variety of contact behavior, testing automations against each other, automations that trigger other automations, and automations that help coordinate internal processes. And all of these automations can be delivered on channels other than email. Think social media, text message, Facebook, chatbots, direct mail. It can be retargeting them with Facebook or social media ads. Marketing automation is paying attention to what your contacts do and then segmenting them based on their behavior. From there, you can send the right message at the right time so that they're more likely to interact with you and become a customer. Ultimately, marketing automation boils down to helping you execute three primary functions. The first, lead generation, which is the process of turning people who are strangers to your business into interested leads. This can be a time-consuming process for many owners, but with automation, it's like putting your lead generation on autopilot. Nice. Next, engagement. Automation makes it easy to engage with your content with the goal of turning leads into customers. It also helps your current customers engage with your business and content and helps retain them for longer. When done well, it will certainly give you the opportunity to upgrade services and products. And finally, closing. The most important job of marketing automation is closing the deal. This happens when you get money in exchange for your product offering. That's the goal. The big money moment, the thing. Back to you, Ernie. Thank you, Jamie. I'm really, I'm really glad that you're here to uh, explain, uh, I mean, explain that. I think I've got it now, or I'm starting to get it. Okay, so it's automating the repetitive stuff, and at a basic level, that means email. There are more advanced versions, more channels, more ways to deliver your marketing messages. Uh, marketing automation can be activities like advertising, uh, like social media posts. It can be figuring out what your contacts are interested in by looking at the web pages that they visit, the information that you get from integrations, the links that they click, the emails that they open. And then it's getting them to engage, and not just with your emails. Then, once they're engaged, then you can send them more stuff to convert them. I think I'm getting this. I think I, I... So marketing automation is, it's the, 
It's the automated messages that run until somebody becomes a customer. All right, now I think I've got it. You get in front of potential customers with your ads, your social media, even your blog posts, who knows, and, and then the potential customers sign up for your email list, and then you email them, and then you segment them, and then you just keep hitting them with ads, and you keep hammering them with more messaging, and you just keep sending messages and automating, and then they finally give up, and they convert, and they become your customer. It's a linear path. I get it. It's like a funnel. It's the funnel. Jamie, Ernie, I get it. Ernie, I get no. it. You got, no, Ernie. you got the funnel, and it's hey, wide Ernie? at the top. And then Ernie? it's and then it's and they Ernie? some come through all the way. Ernie, yeah, Ernie, what? it's what? it's not a funnel. It's not a funnel. It's not a funnel, Ernie. What you is need, it? You need to forget the funnel. Forget the funnel. You need to completely forget it. Okay, I can forget the funnel. Um, a funnel is very linear, and right. there's so many other options for people to take. But if it's not the if I have to forget the funnel, then what what is it then? Let, also, is there a tree here? Where did that come from? I don't know what you're talking about. Um. Let's let's get back into it. Okay. Um, so <laughs> just imagine taking a bunch of your plants, all with different needs, and shoving them in a room with one small window. The plant right by the light might thrive, but maybe some of the other ones who, who need low light will too, but all of the other ones have no other opportunity to thrive and grow. You didn't create any environment for them to try. The funnel is a visual representation of a marketing and sales process. It shows you from top to bottom the steps that a contact will take on their way to becoming a customer. The funnel helps businesses understand these processes and create a plan for how to treat each contact at each stage. But contacts can and do fall out of the funnel at every step for any number of reasons. They might find a new product that they want. They might want to go in a different direction. They might not see the value. The funnel doesn't make space for that because funnels are outdated. Consumers expect a personalized experience and the funnel isn't conducive to creating them. That approach sends everyone down the same path and requires them to all have the same experience. And that doesn't, it sacrifices their experience for your convenience. You want to think about your different account variations, different personalizations. Give your contacts different alternative paths other than the one that the funnel dictates. The worst part, the funnel ends. The whole journey comes to a close when your contact converts to a customer. Marketing automation is so much more than that. It's almost as if the funnel says, thanks for your money, and now you're on your own. And that's not the kind of customer experience you want to create. That's not going to help you grow your business at all because that's not what consumers expect. You know what? We actually had a question like this in the active campaign community a little bit earlier. So our community team took care of it. Now our customer evangelist, evangelist Tim will share an answer from the active campaign community. Hi, I'm Tim, customer evangelist at active campaign. I'm here today with my colleagues, Molly and Gabby, and we have a question from our community that we are going to answer. Molly. Hi, Tim. What question are we going to answer today? Today, we're going to answer a question from the Active Campaign Facebook group. The founder of an apparel company asks, I sell apparel. I would like to create an email marketing pipeline that will turn a subscriber into a potential buyer. Does anyone have tips on how I can do that? I think we probably have some tips, right, Gabby? Yes, we definitely have some tips, Molly. This question specifically mentions an email marketing pipeline. Email is an important piece of the puzzle, but it's not the only piece. Today, we're gonna to look at the bigger picture. The path to turning a subscriber into a customer and eventually into an advocate for your brand starts with understanding the customer lifecycle. 
There are four main stages of the customer lifecycle. Reach and engage, nurture and educate, convert and close, and support and grow. Tim, can you tell us a little bit more about the first stage, reach and engage? Sure, Gabby. This stage is where we introduce ourselves to potential customers. They usually know what kind of problems they want to solve at this stage, so it's best if you can provide some discoverable resources where they search for them. Things like free how-to blog posts or videos or eBooks or podcasts that help you establish thought leadership. Just be sure that you're not chasing people that are too early in their process and aren't ready to consider what you have to offer. Gabby, what's the second stage? The second stage of the customer lifecycle is nurture and educate. In this stage, you exchange information with your future customers. The customer shares more about themselves and you match the information you give them with the information they need. You can continue to provide free how-to blog posts and videos at this stage. You can also start providing additional resources like checklists, infographics, a newsletter, and other information your future customers might find useful. The key here and what makes this approach radically different than a traditional marketing funnel is personalization. You know that a person opened your email and clicked the link to an ebook. Should you wait a week to see if they liked it? Probably not. So the core questions you wanna answer are, what type of content does this individual want? When do they want it? And what's the best way to deliver it? The third stage in the customer lifecycle is convert and close. You've already established a relationship with this customer. You've helped answer their questions and solve their problems. So this is where we transition them out of that educational cycle and into that buying cycle. Your goal is to discover and implement the trigger that moves an individual closer to your product. You can create social proof with resources like case studies, testimonials, and demos of what you have to offer. If your business focuses more on relationship-based selling, which is common in B2B, it's crucial to understand your individual customer needs and help them move toward a purchase when it makes sense. If your business focuses more on transactional selling, which is common in B2C and e-commerce, a sales-focused CTA inside your marketing will be more effective. The fourth stage of the customer lifecycle is support and grow. In this stage, a customer has purchased from you. Unlike a traditional marketing funnel, the customer lifecycle continues to focus on the individual, which allows them to grow into an advocate for your brand. Use what you know about your customer to consider when to ask for a referral, a review, or a testimonial. The data you've collected throughout your customer's lifecycle will be super useful at this stage. For example, there are two ways you could approach asking for a review after a customer has purchased your product. The first way is to send them an email a set number of days after they purchase your product. Let's say three days. The problem with this approach is they may not have yet received your product when you're asking them for a review, which brings us to the second way. Integrate with your fulfillment system, then send them an email after the product has already been delivered this increases the likelihood that they're gonna write a review because they've had a chance to actually use your product. The customer lifecycle is about understanding every touch point in a customer's buying experience and understanding that customers are different. What you say to a new customer isn't the same as what you'd say to one of your super fans. A new customer has just purchased from you for the first time and it was one of your most expensive products. How do you personalize your interaction with them? 
but a customer that's just made their 10th purchase, they need something completely different. All right, there we go. We had a question from our community that we were going to answer. And we did. And we did. And we did it. All right. Uh, thank you to Tim, Gabby, and Molly from the community team for taking care of that for us. Hey, hey, Ernie. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's the voice of, of Danny McCarthy, our executive producer from behind the cameras. Danny, what's going on? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hello. Hello, Jamie, Danny. I love your plants. Oh, my plants? Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you, I guess. More yeah. plants? Seems pretty what, how is this happening? Hey, guys, I have a question mm -hmm. that oh. came in. Um, you know, you're talking about that, the, the nurture cycle there and, and how, how we're not working with the funnel anymore. So we had a question that was, I would like to nurture people, but I don't want to annoy people who don't engage. Mm. How should I approach this? That's a, that's a great question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is um, think about it from the perspective of how many different how many days are going in between the emails that you're sending? And then think about the emails that you're sending. Um, would you want to read them? Would you want to open them? Um, that's, a, that's a good rule of thumb to kind of ask yourself to see, you know, if you are maybe being too bothersome. Um, and there's also always the idea that you can track their engagement. And if, you know, you have a certain amount of contacts who aren't engaging, there's a, a re-engagement campaign that you could send, which is sort of a, hey, are you still interested? Uh, if you are, here's maybe uh, an offer, a coupon, a discount code, uh, or here's a, a high value piece of content that might get them more engaged. Um, so there's always those two things. Jamie, what, uh, what do you think here? Um, hearkening back to how I said marketing email, marketing automation is not just sending emails. Mm. Um, I think a big part of the problem might be that you're not sending the right kinds of content, the different kinds of content that people are looking for. So perhaps you're sending them those emails and the reason they're not responding is because they don't want those emails. They wanted an event of some sort or they wanted to talk to your support team or they wanted something else from you that you haven't delivered yet and you just keep delivering the same thing. So I would try uh, to shake it up to try some new tactics to see what we can uh, see what we can do to bring that engagement level back up again. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Oh, one other thing really quick. Yeah. Jamie, you were talking about plants as businesses. What, what type of business is Plantasia? Plantasia is a business? She feels e-com to me. She feels like she's e-commerce. She feels like she's a digital plant in a digital world, even though she has physical space that she takes up. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I love all of that. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Works, works <laughs> Plantasia. Look for her on our store. <laughs> awesome. All right. So back to it. Um, marketing automation. It doesn't just end when a contact becomes a customer, right? It, in fact, that's really when it gets started. And I guess when you think about it, companies like Amazon do this well. So if you've ever ordered anything from Amazon, you're communicated with at every single step of the process, even after that package lands on your doorstep, right? You receive follow-up emails about the product. And then the next time you get an email from them, they're showing you similar products. They're making recommendations to you based on what you bought. That's the kind of customer experience that you want to replicate for your customers with your marketing automation efforts. I think I'm starting to understand more. Marketing isn't one-way communication. You need to listen to the information that your contacts are giving you and then use it to improve your messaging. Streaming services like Netflix are, are really good at this. They pay attention to the types of shows and movies that you're watching, and then they give you personalized recommendations based on what you're interested in. 
Also, if you're in the middle of a show and you stop mid-episode, they make it super easy for you to pick back up where you left off. Okay. Okay, I think I've got it now. You figure out your processes. You've got your customer journey all sorted. You know the steps that your contacts can take and the steps that they need to take before they become customers. And then the steps they take once they become customers, right? We've got this life cycle thing figured out. We've got all the different points of interaction. Now all we need to do is get some contacts in here. Okay, I think I, and you need, you need a lot of contacts. That's, that's what it is, right? We, it's marketing automation, you need a ton of contacts, all the contacts. Marketing automation seems to require that you have a massive database, like a phone book, phone books of contacts, a ginormous list. So now we need to get a ton of contacts. Where are they? How do we get them? We could buy a list, right? We should buy a list. That's what we should do. No, you get a huge list no, of contacts. No, you scrape no, some email. No, what? Ernie, Gee, Ernie, no, 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 no. Don't buy lists. It's bad. It's illegal. You will get in trouble. Oh. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go home and think about what you've done. Oh, okay. You okay. cannot buy a list. It's, it's literally illegal, Ernie. Okay, so how do we get contacts in, in our marketing automation processes? We use the other pieces of marketing automation, Ernie. What are those? Well, if you just go ahead and buy a list, you're going to be labeled a spammer. You're going to get block listed. You're not going to convert customers. That's the real problem with purchasing lists. Marketing automation is not a numbers game. You wouldn't walk into a store and just buy all the plants sight unseen and start watering them all with a cold sprinkler. That would be shocking for the plants. Almost as shocked as someone receiving an email they didn't sign up for before they hit the spam button. Your marketing automation processes should be thought of and set up in a way that caters to each individual contact rather than burning through a list, forcing them all down an arbitrary funnel, and passing the few that make it out to the other side to a customer in the next phase of the journey. When your list is small, you have the ability to plan and craft the types of customer experiences that they expect. You can listen closely to contacts and learn how to respond. Take note of every interaction that works and every interaction that doesn't. Find that ideal path, the steps that everyone has to take, common questions that they ask and the objections that are raised, the information that they want, and so on. Take the information that you've learned about your customers and make it work for you. Let their actions inform not only your automated messages, but also your personal touch. When do you call them? When you, should, when you should deliver an offer to them? When should you leave them alone? Think about their journey and the points where it makes sense to balance out all that automation with some personal touch, and that is the secret sauce. But I know you want to build your list. You can do that by introducing contacts to any other aspect of marketing automation, such as lead generation with forms, or content marketing as a source of lead gen, or gated content, or ads. The individual action should take them down different customer experience paths based on what you built via marketing automation. Thinking about marketing automation in terms of a specific number or a list size is not right. Every business is different, and it's not about the size of your list, but the actual experience that you're giving to your contacts. Don't think in terms of 500, 1,000, 2,500, a million contacts, but who is coming in and are they making it out the other side? And if the answer is no, then where are they falling out and why? Are you losing them in a place where you're relying on human interaction, but it's taking too long, so you could use automation? Or are you losing them at a place that requires some personal touch, and the automated step just isn't creating that customer experience they need? Marketing automation is about building 
of list over time. You don't need a massive list to use it. Marketing automation is about making it easier and possible for you to create and deliver the right experiences to your contacts, regardless of how big your list is. Wow. So that's, that's the truth, Ernie. That's the long and short of it. Okay. So don't purchase a list. I'm learning so much. So to recap so far, you don't need a ton of contacts to make this marketing automation thing work. Marketing automation is not a straight line or a funnel, and it's definitely not just sending automated emails. It's more than that. It's listening to your contacts and giving them the messages they want when they want them, and then responding to what their actions and behaviors are telling you. It's about having a conversation with your contacts, whether they're brand new or they're your oldest customer. So you build out these scenarios and messages, and then you let automation look for the trigger to deliver the right message at the right time. Wow, this is, this is really great stuff. Uh, just in time. Oh. Just Danny. really quick. Hi, guys. Hey. We had another question come through. Awesome. Oh, cool. Uh, Maria Mark would like uh, to ask if you guys could quickly review the four stages. It went by a little quickly. Yes, the four stages yes. uh, of the customer life cycle. So yes. you've got uh, reach and engage, nurture and educate, convert and close, and support and grow. So uh, reach and engage is really when you are looking out to find new customers or new prospects for your business. So this is the sort of thing that Jamie was just talking about with uh, putting out gated content, um, content marketing with blogs, maybe ads, maybe having a digital event. This is the stage where you're really getting people to, to hear about your business, become aware of you. Um, and then from there, they will move into the, the nurture and educate stage. Uh, Jamie, do you want to take nurture and educate? Nurture and educate is definitely my favorite part of the customer journey because that is uh, my my whole wheelhouse. We spend a lot of time at Active Campaign where um, we want to just teach you more about how the, the product works and and how to use marketing automation together with our platform. So I spend almost all of my time thinking about that section of the customer journey because I want to create the kinds of materials that really resonate with people that that make them have new and exciting ideas about how to get in and actually use marketing automation, how to use the system. So um, sending out information that's quick courses or quick guides, help center. We have a ton of different things that we have at the education team and uh, we use it to, to nurture and educate all of our customers. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, that nurture and educate stage is really where you want to prove to them um, that what you have is valuable and it's going to solve a problem that they have. And that moves you into the convert and close stage, um, which is exactly what it sounds like, right? That's where they become, you know, they've gone from a, a complete stranger to a lead and now they're going to become a customer and, and purchase from you, become um, a part of your, your business. So then from there, we move into the fourth stage. And this is really what separates the customer lifecycle from the funnel is that it takes it from, you know, the, where the, the bottom of the funnel traditionally would end and it brings it back up to that um, that reach and engage stage. So what you're going to do there is you're going to support your new customers all the way through. You're going to educate them. You're going to empower them. You're going to continue providing you know, helpful content, helpful information, continue solving problems for them, and creating an experience that's so good that then they will go and, and segue into that first stage again by telling people about how great it is to do business with you. So in, in, in a way, it's like thinking about your current customers as a potential marketing and sales team for you. So you're creating advocates for your own brand, and that's how you would uh, build that advocacy. You're going to build uh, new leads and, and have referrals and all, all kinds of other social proof that's really going to uh, just cycle back and, and fill that, that whole life cycle back in for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was very, it, it reached me and engaged me and I, I feel nurtured. So thanks guys. 
Of course. Wonderful. Um, just in time, too. Uh, we, we have a word from our sponsors now. There we go. All right. Let's check this out. In a world where you want every customer to feel like you're most important. Do you have what you need? To make it happen? On the first Thursday of the month, discover the tools. Unleash the automation. Create incredible customer experiences. The Active Campaign Product Updates webinar. The reviews are in. An absolute blockbuster of a webinar. It's a dazzling must watch. I learned so much. Register for free today. Well, that sounds like one plantastic, I mean, fantastic webinar. Um, so be sure to check that out. First Thursday of every month, uh, Tim John's going to take you through what's new with the Active Campaign platform. But back to marketing automation. So if we don't need a ton of contacts to make this work, then when do we know that we're ready for marketing automation? Is there a protocol? Is there a point? and you've crossed some magic line that's time to get some software behind this thing. It's got to be when you can't handle it anymore, right? Like when you've got problems, they, they, they keep coming up, or you've got problems keeping up. Uh, you, can't, you can't keep up with all of your new contacts. you just got problems you don't want to deal with, things you don't want to solve for, things you don't have the time to solve for. That's when you get marketing automation software. Now I've got it. And then it just, it just takes care of it all, right? That's what you buy it, you turn it on, and booyah, problem solved, job done. All right, Jamie, that's how it works, right? Jamie, is that how it? Ernie, no, you, you can't just set it and forget it. You can't? You can't, no. How do you make it, how do you know? How does it work? You need to really spend your time thinking about it, Ernie. That that's part of it. Like, like I said earlier, you don't just wait for marketing automation to swoop in and save the day. You need to have some plans. And and honestly, there's a lot of ways to tell when you're ready for marketing automation. Like how? So, let's just talk about when it comes to marketing automation. Think about the types of overall feelings and experiences you're creating for customers. People think that marketing automation can solve all of their problems, but you need more than automations. Consider the environment. Some plants need humidity, some need arid conditions. You need to create processes that work for all different types of plants or people uh, who might consider your business. In fact, starting with a small list is a great opportunity to really nail down your processes, figure out what works and what doesn't, and to test your processes and make them even better. Then, when you're ready for a tool to help you out with marketing automation, you'll know exactly what you're looking for. This is one of the things that will help you be successful with any new software you're incorporating into your business. As we like to say, process before software. It's more than just personalizing customer experience. You can personalize your experience as a marketer with your platforms. Using an integrated CXA approach can help you personalize the way you collect, store, and organize your contact data. So you have to jump into defining processes as soon as possible. 
Spending time on your process will save time in the long run as the mundane, repeatable tasks are automated, giving you more time to run your business. No strategy equals no direction, and no chance that an implementing of a marketing automation tool will solve any of your problems. The software doesn't solve problems or out of the box. It, it helps you scale your processes and messaging and touch points. So if you don't have those things ironed out, it's not going to do much more besides cost you some money. So here are some questions you can ask yourself that will help you understand if your business needs marketing automation. First, are you steadily adding new contacts to your list? And are these contacts the type of people who could become your customers? Are they a good fit for your business? Do you have a defined process for turning a lead into a customer? Do you know when a contact becomes a lead and when a lead becomes a customer? What types of content or messages do your contacts need at any given part of their customer journey? And are you listening to contacts, actions, and behaviors across every touch point and marketing channel and not just email? Do you have a lead nurturing strategy that you want to scale? Or just trying to figure out, you know, what are you trying to achieve? Customer retention, lead generation, more qualified leads? These are all fabulous signs that marketing automation could work for your business. Think about it as if you were planting a garden by hand. You have to decide which plants will go where, and you have to clear the soil, and then you plant each seed one by one. Now, think about a commercial farm. The process is the same, just at scale. Huge pieces of land are prepared, cleaned, and tilled for a certain crop. Then thousands of seeds are planted by a machine faster than any human could ever do by hand. In a personal garden, you water each plant with a watering can or a sprinkler. In a commercial farm, huge sprinkler systems take care of the task. But the only reason the commercial farm techniques work on a large scale is because we learned how they work on a small scale first. So figure out your process on a small scale and then use automation to amplify and extend. Wow, I, I never knew how similar plant care and marketing automation were. So in conclusion, marketing automation is definitely not just sending emails. It's not just bombarding your contacts with automated messages until they become customers or until they leave. And it's not forcing them down a single path. You don't need a bajillion contacts to use it. And it certainly won't solve all of your problems unless you know why they are your problems in the first place. Instead, it's a way of taking what you know works and scaling it. It's having a thousand different conversations with a thousand different contacts all at once and, and delivering them the messages and the information that they need when they need it. It's listening, it's responding, it's automation mixed with human touch, and it's personalized. And apparently it's like planting corn. Hey. Hey, hey, hey Danny. Yeah. I know, I know Jamie's going to be he heading out soon, so I, want, I personally wanted to ask one more question of Jamie, yeah, a plant expert. We asked what kind of business Plantasia was, but what kind of plant is Ernie? I believe he's, I believe he's rugged. Um, I believe maybe, you know what? I feel like you would be a plant that could survive, Ernie. I, thank you. And you're I tall hope. and thin. You're a snake plant. A snake plant? Yes. You're a snake plant. It's a compliment. Okay. I promise. I'll take it. Yeah. I am a snake plant. You're a snake plant. Thank, That's thank, the answer. I like it. <laughs> I, I think I do too. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Danny. No problem. So another question uh, that always seems to come up is, is how do automation and personalization work together, right? How do you automate a personal experience? All right, that 
is our show this week. Thank you all for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Tim, Molly. What is going on here? Tim, Molly, Gabby for the community video. Thank you, Danny, for the questions. Thank you, Jamie Madison. I'm, the walls are closing in. This is terrifying. Plantasia, please help me. I'm one of you. I'm a snake plant. I'm a snake plant. Join us next time, uh, May 26th, as we investigate sales CRM. I'm, I am out of here. I got to go. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.